I'm sure it, I'm sure it'll be awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Joel. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Let me do a couple of Dr. Jackson voices. Mm -hmm. kind of always like to do. <laughs> you know, I, I, used to, I do this sometimes right before uh, big presentations, too. Yeah, that definitely works. Kind of loosen it up. And I, I found that like, even, even um, like doing uh, or just kind of acting like a goofball kind of makes me laugh and kind of. Like you're natural. Well, you're natural. Thank you. You're yeah, you, you it. just go with it. Always yeah. room for improvement. <laughs> I think that was uh, I think that was Mr. Cena. Cena, we're gonna uh, we're gonna call you up um, at, at some point and uh, and ask for your for your experience with with Ruby. Hi there, Rice. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. And, uh, hey, Ruby. How can I tell who's speaking? Mm. Is there a way I can tell? Yeah, okay, we get, got, we get oh, okay, a little got bit it. Of a, oh, red yeah. thing. Got it. Okay. Sina, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome everybody to Silicon Zombies, where you'll find the best brains in the bay. Every week, we connect live with brilliant innovators, thinkers, and entrepreneurs to uncover hidden truths and spark new epiphanies. Person, social entrepreneur, and ambitious speech bum. Today, we're joined by Mr. Peter Wang, head of TikTok for Intel, and Max Bradley at Scale Extreme. And so we're really excited to, to have our special guest today so we can listen, learn, apply, and grow. And uh, throughout, the, throughout the show today, we'll, uh, we'll ask for audience participation. And um, before we get things kicked off, um, Ruby, did you want to um, uh, maybe guide us in a, like a, a quick meditation? Or how did you want to approach that here? Hi, everybody. Welcome. Since uh, today's the topic is about how to identify your legacy message and perhaps, you know, uncover that book or message platform that's been percolating in you mm. for years since legacy is such a like a, a very uh, uh, heart-based and vulnerable topic for a lot of people how about if we all just take a moment to take a big breath sure and just all relax <sighs> let's all just relax and drop into our body Let go of the business of the day. Just feel how good it feels to come back to our own body. Then I invite you to think, what is it about your message that you would like to share with the world? I love that. I love that. Okay, so yeah. welcome everyone. Yeah. I, I love that you uh, that you that you share that because uh, Silicon Zombies, we, we love uh, highlighting uh, brilliant thinkers and, and wonderful brains, and the brain loves oxygen. So uh, being able to help the body perform better—that's is this something that you that you use in in meetings or on a daily basis? Or well, at times, you know, when appropriate. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, we're all so busy, as you all know. You know, we got dozens of things going on and our minds are racing with all the things we have to do. So it's really great just for me, just to, you know, especially for meetings or uh, any time where it's really important to fully be present, to just take a moment and just allow myself to be present. Amazing. And before we get things kicked off here, um, I did want to give a chance um, for Anna to share a little bit about Nicodex. Um, that's N-E-C-O-D-E-X.com. Um, Anna, you've, uh, you've got the floor. Hi, everyone. Hi, Nick. Thank you. Yeah. So we are a new short company that specializes in the IT industry. 
Uh, this means that we help companies grow their software development and creative teams remotely with qualified engineers um, based in Mexico. How do we do this? Is we build a team aligned to the profile, time zone, and culture that your company needs with a selective and careful process that goes from looking up for the candidate, finding the suitable fit, checking the soft skills, and doing the technical interview. And in the end, you'll be choosing if the candidate is a perfect match for you and your company. By working with us, we take care of all the paperwork, taxes, legal requirements, and basically all the administration that leads to saving up 40% of your employee costs. So reach out if you want more information. Perfect, thank you so much, Anna. You know, we're so excited to have to have Ruby Ye here. You know, when thinking about how to structure uh, the, the talk today, it occurred to me that behind every product and service and company is the voice and purpose of a founder. Um, and Ruby, well, one of Ruby's many superpowers is helping draw that out. Um, Ruby, can you, can you talk a little bit about your, your process and, and, uh, and how you, you help, uh, how you help founders in that capacity? Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so Anna, thank you so much for sponsoring our show here because it's really companies like you and people like you that are s such an important lifeline, right. you know? Um, so did you want me to go back a little bit about my background? That would, that would be amazing, please. Okay. Yeah, to provide some context. Yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, how, you know, um, so right now I am an advisor to a web three startup. And I have been a, uh, what should I call it? a serial founder, yeah. <laughs> serial, a serial, serial, a serial startup person. Um, you know, I started my career actually back east with Fortune 500s with tech companies like AT&T. And then I really got the startup bug when I joined my first one. And uh, so I've been involved with three in the international arena. So that was just so much fun yeah. to be able to grow like, you know, international divisions of these venture backed startup companies. Like in one, we took it from zero to 21 million. Wow. And then from there, I actually founded my own startup around a passion of mine. Uh, and that was around building communities. So this was uh, during the internet 1.0 days where I raised three quarters of a million to, uh, to have founded a community technology for interactive TV. Um, so I was so blessed to be in this, uh, this Silicon Valley startup environment, you know, where, which allows for so much creativity and so much creation. Um, and then at one point I shifted from directly involvement with tech into the personal growth and transformational field. And that's when I got involved into the whole uh, publishing and content creation arena. So that's where like this process that um, Nick has asked me to share with you, that's where it started, you know, because I met all these amazing, what I call visionary messengers. So many of you are visionary messengers, right? Because so many of you probably have a message that you want to share with the world. And, uh, you know, sometimes these people are called thought leaders or they're called, uh, uh, you know, uh, like experts, uh, field experts. But I call people like that. I call people like you visionary messengers. Mm -hmm. So I worked with, you know, I've been around thousands of them and I partner up with several big brands in that area like Lisa Nichols. And, and then we made like, uh, I had a hybrid publishing company well, we made over 500 people, Amazon best-selling authors. So I've just always had a real passion for people who have, a, you know, like a unique, you, each of us have like a, an area that we're really passionate about that we just love. And, you know, and many of us are inspired to want to share that. Can I ask a question world. about the, yes. the 500 bestsellers? Um, by the way, it makes total sense that you would be an advisor to a Web3 publishing company having run a hybrid publishing uh, firm. These these 500 bestsellers, if you had to say uh, like a consistent narrative or thread or pattern among them, what was what what did you find from these bestsellers? What, what were some of the consistencies? 
So what it was was 500 people in uh, 16 chicken soup style books. So we feature several of them, right? And what I found about those individuals, again, is something burning almost or a pile of light in your heart uh, regarding some life experience or their area of expertise, their area of uh, knowledge. You know, some of them are doing it in their companies and business, and some of them are just doing it as a side. And they just feel like, oh my gosh, I want, I, I want my voice to be heard. I want to share it. And what I loved about that is that there was just so much passion and love and creativity behind it. Uh-huh. And the thing is, most people, sometimes they don't recognize it, you know. So that's the process that... Mm you know, that you want me to talk about. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's anyways, the meat, the meat and potatoes. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so that's a quick thing about my background. So, you know, in tech and also in this, um, you know, personal growth transformational area. And uh, so, like I said, I've raised money. I, you know, mostly have had a lot of uh, profit and loss responsibility for uh, startup divisions of companies. And uh, so now I'm an advisor to a Web 3.0 company in the whole content creation arena. Um, but uh, again, so what Nick, maybe Nick, you can talk about how you ended up, like what yeah. happened between us that yeah. day. Actually, it's it's kind of funny. We um, we first had that, that conversation, which you know I expected to be like half hour, 45 minutes, and it turned into like several hours. And Jason was there and Cena, both um, of, of which you have gone through the process and, and we'll have them up in a little bit to talk about their experience. Um, but one of the things that really resonated for me, Ruby, was the fact that you were able to help me bridge the things that I am passionate about, specifically the, the ocean and being a surfer and, and caring a lot about the environment and being able to uh, create uh, a, a narrative of how to bridge that towards technology, which is another passion of mine. But you did it in such a way that was like it felt like a like an epiphany, like a like a light bulb for me. And obviously, we have a lot a lot of unique conversations with folks from all over. But how we, how you were able to pull that out, um, it just it felt like a almost like a relief, like being able to have like a clear vision. Which when when I put that that book together, that will be a a pretty crucial piece to how I communicate. Um, but how did you how did you first get into helping folks understand personal transformation and building that bridge to business? Well, you know, it's so interesting. I, I don't have a clear answer for you because I actually do this as a hobby for my friends. Okay. Right? <laughs> wow, like, you should turn it into a, a business maybe. Like, know. you know, like, and it's just like what I think has happened because I've been around thousands of these people, you know, those 500 people we've made. And it's like, I would hear people like expressing themselves and it's like, so the question that I came up with, right. And that I asked you is, and then I'm asking all our audience, this is like, what would you like to be known as a global go-to expert of? So when I ask that question to a lot of people, they go, wow. You know, because they can feel the impact of that. You know, if they can touch people around the world with what is it that they have to offer and what they have to share, that would just be so fulfilling right? and would be so amazing, right? And a lot of people, like, they said, wow, nobody's asked me that question in that way before. Yeah. How, how do you, what, like, a, a, like a good mission is not ego-driven, I, I, would, I would guess. Right. And when you ask the question, and I hope this isn't too much of a curveball, but when you ask the question, what do you want to be known as the global leader for? It, how do you take the ego component out of that so it's just purely like servant leadership for the mission? You care about the outcome. Does that question make sense? Totally, totally. And I love that question because I actually was having a conversation as I was driving today with somebody about that. Uh-huh. Okay. Because a lot of people, who have a natural love, who wants to serve. Yeah. They're also very humble. Mm. 
right? Yeah. So they feel like, oh, it's not like I want fame. It's not like I'm looking for the limelight. Yeah. All right. And you know what my answer to them is? Is don't think about it as it's about you. Yeah. Think about it as it's about the people that you want to touch and the impact you have in the world. Yeah. Just think with the message, particular message that you have, if you can just even help one person, if you can help hundreds of people, just think about that. So don't think about it. Oh my God, you know, I got to be talking out there. I got to be, you know. That, that's something it's that really resonated when, when you were, when we had that first conversation, Ruby, um, uh, specifically when you were going through the process with Sina, it was, it was not just the impact that you're having at that table, but the impact you're allowing the folks at that table to have, like a butterfly effect exactly. of sorts. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's why I love doing it as a hobby, because like I said, it's not even about my friends or you know or people that i really love or people i love their message i'm helping i'm thinking about the thousands of people that they will impact right you know right. and maybe what will be helpful is this that you know beyond the question of uh you know like uh beyond the question of uh i invite you all to think about this this is a little that mm-hmm. i wrote out for somebody mm-hmm. okay so i just invite all of us to take another big breath just relax into our bodies, into our hearts. So your life story with all of your passions and expertise and what you have always loved to do and your unique solutions and contributions to the world, it is your power and mastery and your unique impact gifts for humanity. So help, helping folks find out what is their unique gift for humanity, and that probably has to, has it starts with what they naturally love. Exactly. Okay, and so maybe maybe a good example, if if we could have uh, Sina speak a little bit, or maybe you you and Sina can can share collectively how you took him through that process, specifically with how Sina is driving authentic communication. Right, right. So Sina, hi, hey, Sina. Ruby. <laughs> thank you so much for being here <laughs> so i'll just invite you to share you know how we kind of took your thing and from where your thought into a bigger thing sure sure i you know um when you started to share your idea about the nft books i was intrigued and we as we got deeper into it you asked that question at the table what would you guys write a book about and I started talking about, oh, I'd like to write a, a business book about about pull path and, and what we're doing. And you kind of pushed me to think a little bit deeper and tie it back to my purpose. And in that conversation, I realized I'd love to help people feel more connected. And you know, I don't know if we talked for like an hour, maybe it was an hour and a half, but it it kind of got into like this concept I'm calling pull. So how do we help companies, leaders, teachers, I mean, the whole gamut communicate in a way that isn't going to be ignored, that's actually more inclusive and people feel connected. And, and what I realized, it's not about my tech or my product or anything like that. It's just a different way to look at the world, kind of like what Renee, Renee uh, Brown did with Radical Candor. Right? It's a nice idea. Once you once you see it, then you can see, oh, wow, a lot of communication is push. Well, what can we do about it? So she had radical candor. So anyway, I really appreciated how you took me through that journey. And I realized that I'm just scratching the itch. And, and I'm still kind of struggling <laughs> between, you know, that what Nick talked about, like, how do you do it so that it's not so feeling like me, me, me? And I just want to emphasize what you said right there has really helped me a lot, which is think about the people that you can help uh, at scale. Because if no one buys it, no problem. But if a thousand people, if 10,000, if if more actually do it, we're making a dent um, towards more inclusion, connectivity, and all that. So, so yeah, thank you, Ruby, because it was very, very helpful. 
Well, you know, Sina, I just loved your message when you were talking about inclusive communication and how your technology helped that. You know, when I understood what your inclusive message was about, I thought, oh my God, Sina, look at it's not just for business leaders and companies. Just think about inclusive communication for community, mm-hmm. inclusive communication for family. So mm-hmm. if you could broaden your message platform in your book for all that, right? And you would become the global go-to person right. for mm-hmm. inclusive message. And any company who's interested in that topic will come to you because you'd totally. be established. So that's the best marketing actually. Yeah. And, it, and it's so, uh, he, he makes it so accessible. Like if you think if a, if a founder wants to send out a newsletter, probably nine times out of the 10, those are just going to get deleted. But if there's a fun, simple, gamified way to answer a couple questions, not only is the leader able to share their message with the team or the founder, but also they're getting feedback back so they could, uh, so they can internalize that. And then the communication becomes two-way, which is a lot. That's right. That's really what it's about. We talk about inclusive. How do you, how is it inclusive if you're, if you're just talking at people? You're just posting your message. You're just doing your town hall and your presentation. It's got to be two-way, and mm-hmm. it's got to be structured. So totally. And the last thing I'll share is, uh, Ruby, you mentioned that word uh, like platform as in messaging platform. That is also a big eye-opener. Because I originally was thinking about, oh, a book, you know, we'll make a nice little book. Um, and now I can see that if we really want to have, have impact, if I really want to have impact, then it's going to have to be a full platform. It's going to have to include the socials and the book. And you even got me thinking about what we can do in Web3. So, uh, so yeah, so go, go to the core, go to the purpose, and then think about how do we scale that across different mediums. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that's really exciting for me is like when people start tapping into that, you know, yeah. like there's just so much, you can see the person light up, the excitement. Right? Exactly. And, and if, if you can do it with art or music, um, that's probably another way to, to engage with folks too. So anyways. Yeah, sure. Um, so we've, we've got uh, Max Bradley, um, one of the co-founders at Scale Upstream, and, and also Peter Wang, the, the head of uh, TikTok for Intel. Um, if you guys uh, wanted, to, oh, yeah. wanted to hop in, please. Oh, absolutely. By all yeah, means. Anybody who wants to hop in based on, we've, it's been us two talking, so yeah. we invite you, any of our audience who would like to ask questions or share your thoughts. And- right. Yeah, Ruby, yeah, I got a, uh, definitely a few questions for you here. I have a very technical background, so I'm very new at this uh, community building stuff. But um, a little bit about kind of my background and before I can explain this to you, or at least my company. So what we're looking to do is build a community of connecting startups across the world that are looking for equity-based financing with investors. And there's a number of different platforms out there that look to do the same thing, but where we've been able to find a lot of success is around that community generation. And we've been pre-revenue this entire time and we're just a few weeks away from starting to generate revenue. And I wanted some of your take on how to maintain a community-based aspect while still being able to generate enough money to keep the lights on. Any do's and don'ts, any things that you'd suggest being really aware of while you keep the community really aware that everybody's really ultimately out there to help everybody else. But at the same time, like I said, being able to generate enough cash to keep the lights on. Um, you know, I don't really know enough about your company to be able to answer that. Um, what I can say, just in, just in general, if you have any, any take on that. Well, (laughs) one of the things that I am aware of is that web three, like part of what we're doing with, um, you know, Odigo, O-D-I-G-G-O, which is the web three company that I'm advising. Uh, there's a whole community aspect of it that brings ownership back to the users and back to the community owners like yourself okay so um you know so that's really exciting to me and that's the reason why i love web3 is it brings the ownership back to the people and back to the creators (laughs) right so 
I don't know whether some of that, you know, you're starting to look to apply for your community. Um, you know, even Web 1.0 community, 1.2, Web 2.0 community, because I was involved with 1.1 community, right? The way to really run a successful community and a successful community is what will help you to generate revenue is getting as much involvement from the people so that they feel they own it. So that's happened ever even back in, you know, Web 1 days, right? But you couldn't generate revenues off of that other than the normal advertising revenue that went to the companies. What, what, what is involvement? But, but what when, I when love, you say involvement, can you help us understand a little bit? Well, people engaging. Yeah. People literally engaging. Okay. Because right now, most of the time when you go to any kind of online community, there's only like 1% that's actually really active and 10% that even participates. Okay? Right, right. So that's, that's community, typically community now. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so right now, without knowing more, Max, you know, like, what can you do to get more real community involvement? Uh, and, you know, and then the kind of thing I'm talking about for Web3 community, it's not very far down the road. It's like the stuff that we're working on, mm -hmm. you know, it's like we're actually taking beta authors now who we're helping to build community. Um, again, I don't want to get into the whole product thing at this point, you know, sure. I'm happy to talk to you further, Max, if you'd like to, uh, to explore that, you know, but, yeah. uh, so that would be my, you know, uh, short answer. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I'll, no, I'll send you a, I'll send you a message on LinkedIn. Max, I'd like to jump in that answer as well. Please, um, Peter. Uh, and this is just coming from me building, uh, our, TikTok community with Intel, our Twitter community with Intel, um, and just a bunch of various other community roles I've done. Um, one thing for certain, um, wanted to highlight what Ruby said, having an active community is very, very key in translating that energy to dollars. Um, however, the trick is to figure out why people, like center or rally around why people are joining your community in general number is step number one and once you have all the i like to call people who join communities and not contribute lurkers so once you have the lurkers satisfied step two is to how is how do you translate um effort uh, to or how do you incentivize people who were coming and just lurking to contributing so the first one is always, you know, why, why do people want to come and join your community? What is the immediate benefit that your, your community is able to offer? And the second one is what, uh, I guess, what incentives can, can you provide to, for people to be an active, more of an active member of, of into the community? Is it, more network is it um it, uh a badge just having a badge of honor just putting in just simple badging is that gonna work um is it having more access really that's uh stuff these are just some options but you know your community best gotcha so you're saying kind of create a stage where people can participate in the community but get some kind of social incentivization for doing so exactly gotcha okay but yeah i'll send i'll send you an email review about that peter in your experience um because you're like you're mr community builder setting up TikTok or uh, intel's community basically from zero because they've kind of famously been you know a 60s company you take them into the 20th century anything that you're the 21st century anything that you used when building up their social media presence to to put them on the map so to speak well Social media and the community is it's kind of similar and kind of different, but at least I can say that um, one rule that has always been consistent, whether it's growing a community or growing social media, is starting hyper niche and then edging out to yeah. edging out more general as your population grows. So what I mean by that is when I started. Uh, 
kind of managing Intel's TikTok, we were about 8,000 and we had no idea what our audience was. We didn't, uh, so we just knew that we wanted to be on TikTok because we wanted to be in front of Gen Z. That was it. So I figured, all right, well, let's, you know, take Intel's name out of it and assume that this account that I'm managing is just any regular creator. So if this was any regular creator and their focus is on hardware uh, or tech hardware, let's call it that, what would be the the best demographic? So I figured, all right, let's find, let's make sure that we create content for tech enthusiasts. Let's uh, create content for for gamers, let's create content for PC builders, any any other demographic that kind of falls in line with this tech demographic. So you have your main niche umbrella, which is tech, and then you have a bunch of hyper niche kind of categories that fall into that tech umbrella. Uh, that will translate into the different types of content that you create. Hey, Peter, let me ask you a quick question um, speaking of messaging, um, and obviously, you, you know, you don't speak for Intel, but if you had to distill down what you think Intel's message is, like the message that they want to get out, what do you think that would be? Demystifying emerging tech. Oh, okay. As opposed to driving accessibility of technology, which maybe is closer to Apple. Yeah, I honestly, I think this is the biggest difference. I have these debates all the time with my Apple fan friends. And it's that if you like Apple's products are catered towards people who just don't care about computers versus Intel is uh, catered towards people who actually likes to control what their PC does. So Intel gets to be a little bit more technical, whereas Apple is, Apple's is a little bit more like, you're right, accessible. I mean, not to get too esoteric, but it, it, isn't it, isn't the whole point is the utility as opposed to the, the computer itself? It depends on who you talk to. <laughs> you know, Peter, I love what you said. You know, you thought about it for a second and you said, demystifying emerging tech yeah i thought that is really great yeah and that is yeah and that really would boil down to jail like whoa a great great thing yeah i mean i i love that and i love that pat gelsinger gave it a little shout out during one of his talks yeah he's the ceo yeah (laughs) so so peter or anybody else let me ask does any of you in our audience have a little flame or burning message in you that you've been wanting to get out there? Yeah, like, Ro, do you want to do you want to share a little oh, bit of that? Yeah, well, let me let me pull up my Medium account here, and funnily enough, I'm, I was just talking to a, jur- a fellow journalist. Um, and how am I find my well, rather than Rather than read from your medium, why don't you just shoot from the hip? Well, okay. I mean, so like, I mean, so business philosophy, the question isn't why, it's why not, right? And during my product team meetings with Uni, for Unicentral, I often hear this from my team or hell, even from random people I'm watching, you know, the Warriors game with while we're, you know, we're talking shop and why. And then I respond, why not? Most things are pretty straightforward. Are you hungry? then why not eat some food? Do you have ingredients in the fridge? No. Do you feel like cooking? No. Then why not go to a restaurant? Do you have a preference for where you want to eat? No. Then why not go eat at a sushi restaurant down the street? Funnily enough, distilled down the logic when writing code is actually pretty similar for all of my programmers out there. Still, and these are words to live by. The only true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. Socrates, not to get into... Um, esoteric, like Nick said just now. Um, so- Socrates paraded around Athens and admitted freely that he knew nothing. And this ties back to why not? And he was ultimately murdered for it. He believed all people were full of 
you know, shit whenever they talked in not the best way to make friends, but to me it's comical that people get so worked up over these things. But it's still a tragedy that he was sentenced to death. We'll, we'll, we'll all meet him up in the skies and stars one day. Um, so, so Ro, to, to, to bring this back a little bit to, to the center, what is, what is the message that you would want? What is the message that you feel com- compelled to share, like in a, in a book, for example? Or, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the reason why I wrote this, uh, like, like, okay, so for example, a ta- Japanese pro- proverb, move forward, forward without knowing. And um, Ooh, like it's, uh, some of it stems from the articles I would write, like, right? And you get um, writer's block, and um, a lot of that is analysis paralysis. And, and sometimes you got to just, um, I don't know, have a martini and um just hit the send button um and not worry about what other people are going to think about about what you're doing and this this applies same this you apply the same thing to product right um a product or a company or startup because there's another there's another article um that i don't need to pull up and i can just you know where it's my problems your problems it's most likely that if you're in, you're stuck in traffic. I'm probably stuck in traffic too. Um, if gas is expensive, it's probably expensive for me too. Um, if um, if you run to the store to make um, you know your girlfriend dinner, and you grab all the ingredients, you, you forget the candle, piece, and you're like, oh damn, I don't want it to be a candlelight dinner. That's probably a problem that you know I have also. Um, and and so when developing products, when when creating products, when um, creating companies and so forth, it's, it's not a matter of why, it's, it's, it's why, why, why wouldn't you, you know, like, why wouldn't you write the book? Right? So, like, so Ro, what I'm hearing from you is an area that you really excel with, that's your natural gift, is you know how to just take action, and you know how to just cut through the too many thinking about it and just get things done and move forward in your life personally and professionally i'm sensing yeah. that's what your unique expertise and gift is that's a good read. would you say that's true i i would say 100 percent it is and um and but also i need to be my, my enthusiasm needs, needs to be curbed right and that's why you know it's like what's the point of having a team if we all think the same um, and so, so eventually at some point, at some point, my enthusiasm needs to be, you know, curbed and, um, from a product perspective, the reason why I'm saying just, you know, just go hashtag, just go do it. Nike got it right. Um, with that, um, and many, other, many other things, um, is just go do it. And that come, that, that stems from the Jobsian philosophy of, um, you know, customer feedback and all that stuff, and it's like, well, hmm, if if I asked Henry Ford, you know, during the early days of Ford Motor Companies, what he thought about customer feedback, he'd be like, ah, they probably just asked me for a faster horse, <laughs> and I firmly believe that because, you know, I'm I was walking around the Boston College um, computer science department, and these two kids come up to me that were in class, um, and I guess. Yeah, they were they were my friends, um, but I was I, I was a college student. I was hungover and I was late to class and all that stuff. And they were like, "Hey, bro, what? A, you'd be a great face for the engineering team, um, for this ride sharing app that we're doing." And it was still called Uber Cab and stuff like that. And um, and I, and if I had said yes, I would have been one of the first engineers over there at Uber Cab. And um, and. I think that just speaks to the fact that that as a consumer, when you come, I mean, you really don't know just how beautiful something is until it, it falls in your lap. And I, and I'm an ardent consumer. Like I love, you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm gonna take Nick Larson to Suit Supply, and we're gonna go get 
a couple tailored suits, you know, and, and we're going to do that. And um, Ro was giving me a hard time for having a padded shoulders. So yeah. apparently all the cool kids don't wear. So, so, so Ro, you know, as you're talking about all these things, I can hear, I can, I can hear a lot of threads that if you ever wanted to like share your life of philosophies, business philosophies and all that, mm. um, you could probably do that very, very well. All right. So, so is a lot of what you do distillation, would you say? Uh, I, okay. Your word is distillation. I guess the word I would uh, use is just listening and tuning into what is just so natural for them. Mm. That is so easy that they don't even recognize Yeah, that it's actually very unique and very powerful. Kind of like Rose said, the, the Japanese philosophy of moving forward without realizing you're moving forward, maybe? Yeah, that's that's why I was saying that, you know, it seems like one of his areas is that, and, and look at, you know, if you actually did a message around that, that is something a lot of people need these days, right? right? Because, you know, one of the reasons that we just kind of had this quick gra uh, grounding uh, in the beginning was that there are so many distractions these days that a lot of people don't know how to focus, right? Even very successful people. So anyway, so Ro, like I said, if you ever were, you know, I don't know whether that is something that you have a passion for, but if you did, I think you could definitely, you know, offer something along those lines. So I mean, I, I think, I think let's definitely be in touch. I'm going to add you on LinkedIn right now. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so, you. Um, Speaking of which, we've we've got we've got Ruby's LinkedIn um, at the top of the chat here. So feel free to connect with Ruby. Uh, speaking of, uh, I, I guess we could call them use cases or examples where where Ruby has has had a chance to to walk folks through this process and help them understand how to um, find their voice and connect their voice to to their mission. Um, so Jason, we've, we've got Jason Ye, who's, who's on the line here. Um, Jason, feel free to, to chat a little bit about, about your experience. Um, Jason might also be, be busy at uh, one of his ice cream shops. <laughs> Jason, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Well, if he's not there, sure. um, maybe what I can share is that I think his story is pretty compelling. Yeah. Is because... You know, he's always had this vague sense of that there was something that he wanted to do, that he wanted to offer, and mm -hmm. that maybe would show up in a book. Right. Right. And it was actually a business book about supporting people who never got education about finance and economics and, you know, how to run a business. Right. right. So, but it was kind of very, very loose, and he didn't really know where to go with it. And when I asked him, you know, again, that question about, what he wanted to be known as a global go-to expert of, and you know, what does he always love? He actually took his inspiration back to when he was eight years old. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. Now I won't go into his story because I think if he comes, I'll have him share it. But once he got in touch with that, you know, and how that could be represented, you know, um, I mean, the possibility is so exciting and so broad. And he realized it's not just, that kind of business education for the business crowd that he's hung around because that kind of uh, knowledge share with his passion and his love, it can go to a whole global audience of, you know, uh, people who want to start business anywhere in the developing nations who don't have any training in economics and they've never gone to school for that. And it's not going to be that easy is going to be broken down in like layperson's language. And that's yeah. his passion. Yeah. And, and, and so genuine too, that he wants to help um, the underserved. Um, I, I think that's a really beautiful thing. One of the many beautiful things about Jason. Yeah. yeah. So now that he's kind of gotten in touch with that and his why, and he saw the possibilities and really fueled his, uh, you know, his love for this idea that he didn't really become aware that it was there since he was eight years old. That's really become his firepower now, yeah. you know, to get him going. And, and, and maybe part of that message can be, can you help us understand what synchronicity is? We, we talked a little bit about that in our conversation with, with Sina. Synchronicity is having, to me, is having like 
desires that may be known or unknown that you may yeah. not even be aware of. Right. And all of a sudden people show up or things happen in your life that kind of brings it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those are kind of like synchronicities. To me, those are messages from our own, like deep inside us. Yeah. That's now emerging. That's reminding us because we really forget. We really forget our passions. We forget our loves. And the other thing is, is that we don't realize how powerful, how unique it is. You know, and how it could serve others. So when synchronicity happens, when somebody shows up, and when things happen in your life, then it helps to kind of gently usher you in that direction. Yeah, I like that you said it's a, it's like a, a sign or a reminder, um, maybe like a gentle, gentle nudge, right? Yeah, or a gentle confirmation. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. like in Jason's case, again, it's sort of been rattling around in him for a long time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and the conversation really got him going. And in Cena's case, it's like he always had a vision of it. And the vision just went so much bigger. Right. Yeah. And so, so what are the different reasons people write books? Um, well, to me, you know, uh, a lot of times people just want to write a book because they've just always had that desire. So it's a bucket list item. Yeah. They don't really care if like only their family reads it or only 50 people read it. Right. And then I think there's the kind of book which is just pure uh, information and knowledge. Yeah. And I think those are great books. The kind of books I'm talking about is what I call legacy books. Right, right. Right? That really becomes, it's, a, it's not just about a book, it's a message platform. You what, know? What, what, is, what does legacy mean to you? Legacy means that is somebody's natural gifts that has an impact in their world. That's it, legacy is impact. Natural gifts of impact, okay. Yeah, legacy is the, the impact that I think somebody leaves. And it doesn't have to be like, oh my God, you know, you, you built this company that's, you know, employed like 10 million people around the world. It, somebody's legacy could be that they're a great mom or they're a great father. Yeah. And they've had the impact on their children who then have impact on all the people that their children meet and all that. Right. That, that's something that I resonate with a lot more because and, and we talked a little bit about this, that the word legacy is has been kind of triggering for me in the past, because for me, when I think of a legacy, it's it's what happens after you're gone. And when you're gone, you know, it, it, it I guess it doesn't matter anymore except for the people that are still around but if it's your impact that you're having on these people and how they can and how they can positively um, have have an impact on others yeah that's that's certainly worthwhile yeah well see i'm really looking forward to like nick and i haven't actually gone through the process yet okay yeah. because to me nick you are somebody who has huge impact already just because Thank of you. all the people that you know and all the connections that you make among people Sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, you. just a short time we've known each other, the people you've introduced me to, that has had a huge impact on me. Cool. So, <laughs> so to me, like to you know, like you were talking about, yes, you love that whole, you know, you're thinking, you know, you, you are writing a business book now, and then you're also thinking of writing this book about your, uh, your passion around ocean and eco. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's even bigger than that. So when we go through it, it'll be really interesting, you know. Yeah, and and the. Thank, thank you for the kind words, Ruby. And, and the light bulb moment for me when we were um, having having coffee at the Park James, which is where we are where we are right now in, in Menlo Park, um, was was connecting it back to technology. So I, I had heard a while ago that that uh, these these scientists are crossbreeding different uh, kinds of coral together uh, that are less susceptible to rising water temperatures, and they're regrowing these coral reef ecosystems in these biodegradable little, I guess, semi-plastic pods uh -huh. in conjunction with playing the sound, like the music of, of, uh, of a healthy reef, which is attracting 50% more fish. So we're having like positive impacts on our oceans through technology, uh, which is like such a beautiful thing uh, in, in my mind. And I don't know, it's just like so fascinating. Like if we think of even like mangrove forests, which are 
able to naturally uh, take the salt water out of um, out of out of the water and make it potable. Like, why can't we recreate that in 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 a scientific lab of some kind and maybe mm. solve the water problem? Like, these are the kinds of things that I get excited about. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So this is the the reason why you're the perfect person because this is something that. You're just easily passionate, get excited about, and you know a lot about. Right? <laughs> and most people don't realize, oh, all that stuff that I know so much about can be actually, applied in a new yeah, way. Yeah, could be, could actually serve a lot of people. You know, okay. go ahead. This, is there anybody in the audience who has this little burning thing that you would love to share? And you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the spotlight on on Jose um, from from Colombia. Jose, can you can you hear us right now? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm very excited about the conversation with awesome. Ruby. Um, I just like, I'm hearing, but yeah, yeah, this is something that touched me. Right, so, you know that, Rick. Jose, okay. Jose is a remarkable individual who is helping, um, who's helping folks um, with chronic diseases. And well, Jose, do you want to share a little bit about your background and, and how you got into uh, Gaia Health? Okay. Well, um, I'm a philanthropist that uh, loves business to impact positive in, in people. And uh, I have right now a company that I have built for five years, uh, biopharmaceutical cannabis companies, that uh, we make medical products with scientific support for people that, um, that have some type of diseases. So um, whatever we do right now, uh, it's, it's with, a, with a love purpose. So that's something that um, when you said that Burns, that was something that came to me three years ago where, where my purpose were like build medical products for people that are suffering a lot and they take um, um, medicines that still um, harming them and uh, and I just want to make the solution for for the patients. Mm. And and he mentioned that historically Colombia, as, as far as drugs go, has there's it's it's a it's a pretty insidious past with a lot of like a lot of blood has been spilled. And Jose told me a couple of months ago he wants to replace that blood with hope because cannabis can um, can replace a lot of synthetic opioids and. Uh, and that really resonated with me, replacing blood with hope. Oh, see, that is so beautiful, replacing blood with hope. So, Jose, you know, so you've already built a company around your passion, you know, the impact to be able to um, to affect um, uh, this arena. So have you thought about writing a book around it? Because as I mentioned before, writing a book, not specifically about your business and your solution, but about your bigger passion, that actually is one of the best marketing vehicles. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's something that I have think before. Um, I have a lot of, of dreams and purpose in my life. Um, as five, six years ago, I was like just building business for money. And uh, I was uh, completely empty with that. So three years ago, it just, it just was burning something new. And uh, now I, my main, I make things with purpose. So yeah, of course that, and there's gonna be a time where, where I can share my, my, my vision and I can share the positive impact that I'm, that I'm making in people. Um, I have a lot, a, a lot of other ideas that I shared with, with Nick before about building products for, for people, for the emotional, um, for, for, for the emotions. So I really care about, about improving people's lives because I know that life is, it's, it's hard for all of us. There's, there's a lot of, 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 of pain through life, you know? A little and big, and uh, that changes and that um, lead us to a to a, a different person, to a better life. So I think that um, my life is gonna be is gonna be 
that just building things, um, creating things that improve people's lives and give them the hope in life. Because, you know, with this COVID disease and, and there's, there's the depression is, is increasing, anxiety is increasing, like mental problems is something that um, it's, it's, it's very, very um, complicated. And we just um, realized it. We, we just realized it now. But we have thousands of years suffering this, the human being. So I just, that's my purpose. I just want to create um, products that uh, can, can, can return the hope in life. You know, Jose, as you are speaking, I thought, oh my gosh, right? And I think like what I see in Nick, like his whole thing is bigger than the companies he worked for, a company he creates. I, I feel that for you too, Jose. I mean, I can definitely see you as a global spokesperson. Yeah. All right. Now yeah. you live in Colombia, you know, I like the Spanish market and the Spanish audience, you know, I would ask like how many people are out there speaking your kind of message right because to me it's a message of hope so if you are interested in looking at how you can be a global go-to person for your for the globe and also for the spanish market but what you just all shared i'd be happy to go through the process with you (laughs) i said i do this as a hobby you know i thank you very much i do this for friends and also for themes that i i'm excited about and what you just shared is very exciting to me because again, I don't know what's happening down in you know your part of the world. Um, you know the things that you spoke about is becoming more and more front and center in America. You know, like the younger generation is interested in all this kind of stuff that we're talking about. Right. It's not business as usual anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is good. I mean, yeah, are progressing forward. Right? Yeah, because you know the younger generation is particularly interested in eco. But like I said, for you, I think you have a bigger role than just building these amazing companies. Yeah, <laughs> okay? yeah. Which I, again, I thank you thank for. You. All right, but but you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah uh, what I think it's I just want to to help. You know, that it's that's my purpose, and uh, and uh, I have um, like all these plans that I have in life are. Uh, I'm, I'm getting it done and with Nick um, help. So I just want to go up there and not only tell people what I think, I just want to, to make things happen. Right. And uh, going to come visit in a, in a couple of weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Jose, when you're in town, you know, if you'd like to get together about all this. So Jose, let me ask you, I am curious, you know, in the, in the Spanish speaking, you know, the whole Latin world, like I said, in, in America, all this kind of conversation around purpose and, um, all those things that you mentioned is, is becoming more and more popular. How, how is those themes down in uh, Latin America now? Well, um, I live in a, in a country that is just developing. We are um, a country that has suffered for 60 years uh, a civil war uh, with drugs. You know, we are well known in the world uh, for drugs production. And this is something that um, people like me, that um, we know our history, but we are trying to 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 make things for the world um it's getting um it's not that popular but there's people like me um fighting for a spot and try to to take the head out and say the world that we are a country that um we're changing our history like we are growing cannabis um for for medicine and uh, we have 50 years of history exporting cannabis for drugs, you know? So um, we're trying to clean um, our, 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 that fame. We're trying to like to show people that uh, we are different. You want to give a shout out? And that we are in a, in a country that um, is it's pointed Sorry. as a drug country. Well, when I travel to Europe and, they, and, I, and I say that I'm from Colombia, they just ask me about Coke. You know, so that's 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 something that it's normal, but um, 
I just want to clean that because we are more than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, but that could be part of your message on a global scale. All right. Yeah. To let the whole world know. So, so I can see you doing a lot of amazing things. All right. In terms of really having a message platform on a global scale and also locally to help, you know, the people who are suffering, because like you said, you know, with the government and all the kind of, uh, experiences that people gone through because people like you are talking about that hope, the message of hope and that it is possible to overcome, you know, the traumas and the pains that we've gone through and things like CBD, a lot of the new technology that's coming out that'll mm. transform our brains. Yeah. That's the other thing I'm really excited about is the, is the, um, you know, besides web three stuff, the other text I'm really interested about is like consciousness technology. Wow. You know, they it's funny because that aligns exactly with, with, uh, some of the other companies that Jose is building. Yeah, because, you know, like our brains, rather than meditating for 20 days, I mean, 20, 20 years, <laughs> you know, there's that technology that will work on our brains to get us to that state of peace and calm. Right. You know, like within like 20 minutes, half an hour, and just within a few months of doing that, you know, people can get to the same state as if they've been meditating for 20 Right. years that, that doesn't include like oxycontin <laughs> right example. right right and, and that's the kind of stuff that'll overcome like the traumas and the and the emotional pains that people have gone through that you know in all areas of the world so anyway you, you know it's, it's almost helpful um or beneficial to have something to overcome because I, I heard this interesting quote a while ago that virtue cannot exist without overcoming its opposite so like if you take something like courage you know, if, if you're not afraid of heights then, and you climb a tree, then it, then you're not being brave, right? Um, if if there's not, if there wasn't a huge uh, historical issue with, with the drug trade and all the violence that's associated and gangs and all the rest of it, um, now there's an opportunity to overcome that and, and build, a, build a global company that is, that is helping folks um, Treat, treat problems like chronic pain and, and chemotherapy and, and all the rest of it. So I, I think, yeah, I yeah. think Jose's on to something big. Yeah, and Jose, I really love your message that you want to represent, like, you know, your country to the rest of the world. <laughs> no, Colombia might have had history, uh, you know, but that's not going forward. And things are changing so fast now in our world. Exactly. You know? So that's really beautiful, Jose. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, and, and I agree with you. Yeah, so Great. I'll make it. Sure, make yeah, it. if you want to do a quick shout-out, please. Does anybody, well, actually, before we conclude, does anybody else have a little message in that their heart that they would like to share publicly? So uh, so for those of you, I welcome you to contact me via LinkedIn. Let me know if you've been too shy to bring it up here. <laughs> Yeah. Feel free to let me know what that message that you would like to share. Uh, like I said, this whole arena I do as a hobby. And then um, for those of you who are interested in Web3 companies and Web3 startups, Odigo, O-D-I-G-G-O, um, we are uh, funded by um, Y Combinator and Startup 500 and Plug and Play and a few others. And we're in the content creator arena and also for media companies and some of the innovations which we're bringing in is web3 search that's much more focused and also micro credit pay payments through blockchain and of course everything's blockchain based and also the web3 community uh through blockchain all right so i welcome you to contact me about that if you have any curiosity about odigo Ruby, yeah, it has been such a pleasure to have you on Silicon Zombies. Thank you for for sharing your your expertise and some some amazing stories here. <laughs> and and as uh, as we wrap things up, I, I did want to give a, another quick shout out to Nicodex. When it comes to building software and, and choosing the right team, a lot of folks will choose to go to India or the Philippines. That can be super challenging from a language barrier in in a, in a time zone perspective. However, Nicodex has over 50 engineers just south of us in Mexico with a really impressive and strong track record of success. 
their development starts at only $25 an hour. If you're at all interested in building a product, go to necodex.com, N-E-C-O-D-E-X. There's an amazing team and super excited uh, to, to have them as a, as a partner. So thank you everybody for, for t- uh, tuning in to Silicon Zombies. Be sure to connect with us next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, where we'll have uh, Josh Ramirez as our special guest. So thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful rest of the week. Yeah, thank you all. Thank you for sharing Jose and Sina and Max and Peter and Ro. Really appreciate your participation. Thanks a lot, Ruby. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ruby.